This is the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich. Make yourself comfortable and fasten your seatbelt. Tom and his guests are about to share powerful stories, trade business building insights, and have a few laughs. Tom created this podcast to help you captivate prospects and inspire them to act so you can get more clients quickly and easily. That's what powerful storytelling is all about. That's what this podcast is all about. So let's get this party started. Here's your host, Tom Ruich. Hello and welcome to the Story Power Marketing Show. My name is Tom Ruich, and today's episode is called Why Value Proposition and Process Are Keys to Sales Success. As always, I'll kick off today's episode with a quick story before introducing my guest. Over the years, I've mentored startup founders on how to launch and market their businesses. One of those businesses was an online platform for storing and broadcasting video and audio. The founder was a guy named Russell. When Russell practiced his pitch with me. He talked all about his system's awesome bandwidth and storage. He told me about the fancy military-grade security. He touted the incredible user interface designed by a guy who used to work for Apple. And then I asked him a simple question that seemed to blow his mind. Who is going to buy this and why? He didn't say a word. He stared at me like I was a Martian. So I repeated the question, who is going to buy this and why? He began to repeat details about the product, how no one else offers as much bandwidth or storage, how the security was better than some banks, and how the UI is genius. He said that, the UI is genius. And I repeated the question, who is going to buy this and why? That's when we launched our conversation about knowing your target market and understanding your value proposition. I won't recap that conversation now because I plan to talk about those concepts with my guest. His name is Rob Bedell. Rob is a fractional VP of sales, a business advisor and coach with more than 30 years of sales experience and 28 years in business leadership. He has successfully built and restructured many departments and businesses, and he has worked across many industries, including media, manufacturing, and software as a service. He's also the author of the book, The S-Word, Sales, the Lifeblood of Your Business, which I have read and which I recommend. Rob Bedell, welcome to the Story Power Marketing Show. Thanks for having me, Tom. Yeah. So, you know, we've talked about a little of this in advance of the episode and and uh, put yourself in my shoes for a moment. You're talking to the startup uh, founder. He's going on and on and on about features, seems bewildered when I ask him to talk to me about his target market, who's he trying to reach, and talk about why they might buy. What might you have said to him if you were in my shoes? I don't think there's anything different you can start because if you don't know who you're building a product for, what are you building? I mean, and a lot of times, and especially I've had experiences with, especially in the technology world where people build what they think is really cool tool, but it's like, 
exactly that. Who's going to buy it and why? It's a simple question. It, it, and, but Tom, it's always the simplest things that you have to cover first before you get into the details. And it seems like he was so enamored with the bells and whistles that he didn't take the first step that any business would need to take is, who are you building this for? And, and exactly that question, who are you building this for and why? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think this happens quite a bit, especially with startups. I find it also happens with coaches and consultants and, and experts who hang their own shingle. They, they begin to talk about the, the little details, the unique selling propositions, the features that they're bringing to the mix in comparison to the other players in the space, almost as if they're taking for granted that there's a market out there who wants to hear from them. And there's a market out there that understands why they want to do business with, with him or her. And uh, it, it's not the case. It's just a fundamental question. Who are you trying to reach? What makes them tick? And why would they buy? So how, how do you get that across when you're working with salespeople? How do you educate them on how to focus on the value proposition and, and draw it out in their work? Well, the first thing that a company needs to do is make sure they have a, a proper value proposition because a lot of times it's wrong because they're speaking in their voice and they're not speaking in the customer's voice. And that's the biggest problem. I mean, I worked with an insurance inspection company, father-son team, had the best product in the industry as far as I was concerned. I sat down with them. Uh, so I was like, okay, I know exactly what this is, but let me get let me get, pick their brain a little bit. I was like, why should people do business with you? And they're like, we have the best time, service, and quality. Time, service, and quality. I'm like, okay. I went out to their three best clients. I was like, listen, insurance inspection companies, dime a dozen. Why do you work with these guys? All three said the same thing, Tom. If you're you know, in this industry, insurance, there's always going to be problems. And when there are problems, we know we can call or email them. They'll find out what happened, who was involved, and how to make sure it doesn't happen again and get back to us within 24 to 48 hours. And I was like, hmm, like that sounds like good customer service and communication. They're like, yeah, they do it. Not a lot of other people do. I asked all three. I'm like, what about time, service, and quality? They all said the same thing, Tom. If you're not doing time, service, and quality, you're not working in this industry. So we changed the value proposition from time, service, and quality that all the other inspection companies were beating their chest about to we have the best customer service and communication. When there are problems, and there will be, we'll be there with you, we'll take care of it fast, and get everything resolved as quickly as we can. We'll be part of your team. That next yep. year, they grew 26%. year after that, 63 because we were speaking to the market in the market's voice, not in ours. Yep. And there's a tactical tip that was buried in, in your story there, and that is we went to the customers, the three best customers, and we interviewed them. And when this is, this applies both to marketing and to the sales process, mm -hmm. the best place to go to really get the story, understand your market, understand with why they buy, at least the best place to start are the happy customers. Yeah. Go and interview them, go and pick their brain. What do they like? What don't they like? What was the problem they were trying to solve when they came to do business with you? How have you solved the problem? All of that. So I love that story because uh, it's such a critical and important tactic. What else do you do with your clients to help them get to that value proposition, help position them to market and to sell more effectively? Well, the value proposition is a simple tool. And I, and I give this to all of your people watching here and listening right now. Do, do exactly what I just did. Go out to your three best clients. And those may not be your, your biggest clients because we know sometimes the biggest clients are the pain in the rear end, but the best clients you love working with, they love working with you. You have good margins. You have great relationships. Ask them three questions. 
what value did you bring that they expected? What value did you bring that they didn't expect? And what's the best thing about working with you? The first two questions are just to get them talking and to get them out of their head. It's that third one. What's the best thing about working with you? Listen to what they say. And if they're saying something different than you are, start using that message. And your value proposition should be known by everyone at your company. And you know, people push back up with me on that. Why does someone in accounting need to know my value proposition? First of all, it unites your company if everyone's speaking the same language. That, and that's huge. That makes a huge difference. Second, you never know when they're out at lunch sitting next to somebody and they said, oh, what do you do? Well, I'm an accountant. Where do you work? I work for ABC company. What do they do? And if they can spit out that value proposition, now you went from having a sales department to having a sales company. Mm-hmm. And when everyone knows the value of what you do and what you bring to the market, it, it changes the workplace. I mean, they have a positive workplace. It makes all the difference in the world. Yep. But the second thing that I work with a lot of business owners on is making sure that they have a sales process that they, everyone follows the same process. And it's so funny, Tom, because I'll sit there and ask, what's your sales process? If I wanted to come into your business and just kill it, blow the door, 200, 300, 400% of goal, what do I have to do? And 80% of the time, they're like, are you asking me? And I'm like, yes. And they're like, I have no idea. I'm like, it's okay that you don't know. You're the business owner. You didn't go into sales. It's okay. But that's something that you need to consider. Is there a process that everyone follows? And if there's not one in place, if you ask whoever's leading your sales, what are, what's their sales process? And they don't have an answer for you. That's an issue. Yeah. So if you put a sales process that everyone follows the same steps to get the same results, then it's amazing what happens. And if you want to kind of get an idea of how to find your sales process, you probably have some one of the salespeople that are doing really great. They're killing it. Mm-hmm. Others that are doing okay, they're, they're, they're good salespeople. And then others that are lagging behind. That one person that's killing it probably has a sales process, even if they don't know they have it. Yep. So yep. go ask them, what's the first step? What's the second step? And sometimes it might be hard to pull that out of salespeople because a salespeople sometimes can't explain it. So yeah. it's, it's kind of like the example that I use, <clears throat> uh, you know, cause the, some of the times the biggest problems I run into is a company takes their best salesperson and makes them a sales manager. And it's like, mm-hmm. that doesn't always work. Michael Jordan, as far as I'm concerned, is the best basketball player that ever existed. I think he might make a horrible coach Yeah, because he's, he's like, what do you mean? You just jump up, you spit 360 miles out, you slam it in the, it's like, yeah, I can't, how do we, I do that? Right. So sometimes right. your best salespeople aren't always your best sales leaders. So Rob, for the for the business owner, business leader who's in a small organization, solopreneur, mm-hmm. or couple, two, three people, who has been relying on word of mouth and referrals to grow the business, neither has a sales process nor that sales champion whose brain they can pick. Where do you start? How do you how do you begin to put a sales process in place? The funny thing about it, especially the smaller businesses where the owner or the head is their whole sales team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's I've, I've dealt with a couple of business owners like this, and I'm like, well, what's your sales process? He goes, well, we don't have one. I said, you probably do. You just don't know it. So I get to pick in their heads and, and draw it out. And that, once we have that out to where everyone can see, then he can bring in or she can bring in other salespeople. You know, mm-hmm. every time I hear a business owner say, I can't find good salespeople, it's like, it's not the salespeople. You don't have a process for them to follow. Mm-hmm. So the start of that is just kind of mapping it out, going back to, again, going back to the customers that you you got. What is there similar? How'd you get them? Where, where'd you get them from? What was the conversation like? What was exchange? Who was at the different meetings? How long did it take? What was your sales process? Mm-hmm. And it, it can be a little bit, seem a little bit daunting or a little bit hard to confuse. And anytime that a business owner, and I highly recommend this, 
find somebody else that can do it for you. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the things when I grow with business owners, I'm like, listen, you're doing everything now. You have to, but I want, but that means you don't really own a business. You have a job. And they get upset with me at that when I say that. I'm like, like, no, I'm I own a business. I said, can you go to Europe or Asia or Hawaii for a month, call in a couple of times a week, and the company function without you? <laughs> they say no. I said, then you don't have a business. You have a job. Let's work on it to where we can get you a business where you can right. let other people do the stuff that you're doing slowly, one thing at a time. We'll build out the processes. We'll make it easy for everyone to understand, and then you can actually take that month off. You want you became a business owner because you wanted that freedom. To right. be able to spend the time with your family. Let's really create that for you now. And if even if it's not me, go find somebody that knows the things that you don't know. Yep. Yeah. A lot it's of stuff. Such, sorry, I was I was just gonna say it's such critical advice and this idea that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Um yeah. the 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 scenario you described where you tap into the process of your most successful salesperson is take a process that's proven to work and put it in place. And if you don't have such a salesperson already operating within your organization, don't just make the thing up and tinker and struggle and two steps forward, one step back. Talk to someone like Rob who can help you quickly implement a scalable process where you can begin to delegate responsibility, expand your sales force. And, and, you know, these sales processes, they're out there, they're tried and true Mm -hmm. and and different one, one size doesn't fit all. There are different processes for different kinds of businesses, but people like Rob are great resources to put those processes in place for you. And then you can adjust and tweak it according to whatever needs you have, uh, again, with the help of someone like Rob. So I, I think it's a really, really important point. Well, and, and I think, Tom, one of the things that is starting to become more known and, and understood is because a lot of business owners, I'm sure a business owner right now is like, I can't afford Rob. And you're right. Bringing me on full time, you're probably not going to pay the money that you need to pay to have me work for you full time. But that's why there's more and more fractional roles. And for the people mm-hmm. out there that don't know what fractional is, that means I would come in for you know half a day once a week to kind of build the stuff out for you. And you're not buying my time; you're buying my experience. And I can put all the things in place where you're not paying a six-figure salary, double that, and commission and bonuses. As you grow your business, you probably can't do that at certain points. But mm-hmm. there are fractional CFOs have been around forever. So you're, right. you're not hiring a full-time CFO. You're having somebody come in to review what how your financials are set up. Yeah, Same thing with week, sales. Once a month, whatever the case may be, right? Exactly. And so you can bring in. So I and I want all business owners to understand one thing because I hear this a lot, and this kind of gets me is they feel like they're in it alone because mm-hmm. they can't talk to their employees because they, they're the boss. They can't go home and talk about it because leave work at work. So who do they talk to? There are a lot of people out there that you can talk to. So understand one thing. You're in business for yourself, but you do not need to be in business by yourself. Yep. Amen. And that, yeah. Yeah. And uh, you don't you don't need to be in business by yourself. And, and you need to have someone who's willing to hold you accountable, who's willing to ask you hard questions, who's willing to point out if you're on the wrong path or if you need a little bit of course correction. And that's what 
in the financial side, a fractional CFO can do. On the sales side, a fractional sales manager, a fractional marketing uh, marketing chief. There, there are all sorts of ways to get assistance so you don't have to fly alone. And also that accountability factor, I think, is, is just so important because when you're building a business, especially a, a small startup and it's you're the boss and then there are a few people who fill in underneath, they're not going to. They're not going to call you out. And uh, I've been there, done that. I've, I look back on some of the businesses I founded, and there were times where I wish my employees had called me out, or I wish really that I had a trusted advisor with whom I was working who could call me out and who could course correct. Well, and I think we also need, we need to put it in a different language because call me out sometimes gets people freaked out. Fair show enough. you yep. show you a different direction. Show you. Some, I mean, one of the first things that I do Tom, when I go into a business is I look at the money that they're leaving on the table, and there's always money left on the table. Mm-hmm. They can't see it because they're so close to it, and they see it every day. Yep. One manufacturing company that I helped, we well, I was going through their numbers with them. I'm like, what's this revenue over here? They're like, oh, that's that's our high end product. That's a high end. You, you know, I was like, oh, who calls on them? They're like, oh, no one. I'm <laughs> like, like, what's the average order? I'm like, well, two hundred dollars. I'm like, how many of these accounts do you have? And they're like between 2,000 and 2,500. I'm like, okay, wait. So there's 400 to $450,000 a month that could be had if someone was just calling those. And they're like, oh, they didn't see it because that's the way they're always doing business. And the business just walked in the door to them. So Mm -hmm. they were able to actually take that that part of their company and spin it off into a separate company of itself. And it's doing very successful right now. But they're so So close to the numbers, they, they just don't see it. Yeah, so these were existing clients because I want to I want to touch on a point, but I want to understand I understand the details of that story. Who, what was going on in this business, and and who, what was the source of this revenue, Rob? It was uh, it was a, a company that made uh, the the main company was named Spongebles. Uh, that was a sponge with soap and lotion and fragrance. Every woman I've showed this product just fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. Their high end product was Spongel. Uh, which went to high-end boutiques and spas and stuff like that. And those were accounts that would just call in and ask for it because they they knew they had this product. But no one was calling on them. No one was trying to upsell them. No one was trying to trust sell them. No one was trying to do anything else yep. that you would do if you had normal interaction between these clients. Uh, yep. Now, from what I hear, I talked to uh, the lady who's now running the company. And she's, so, she's so funny. She goes, I always get nervous when I hear you, but I always remember you're the guy who got us fixed. Yep. Uh, and so it's, you know, and she's doing phenomenally well now. And I'm just, I can't be any happier for them. Yeah. And, and so this is what I thought you were describing. And therein is another really critical point for businesses that are trying to get sales traction. And that is that your greatest opportunity and your fastest path to growth is often, most often, going to be with existing customers, especially existing customers who are at that that higher tier. Mm-hmm. You use two terms that I'm going to ask you to define now. One was upsell and one was cross-sell. How do you define those two terms? Upsell, and again, all this comes from having a conversation with people that you're, you're, your prospects and your clients. Yep. Upsell is when, uh, and I'm going to put it in simple terms that everyone can 
you go to a restaurant, you sit down, you go, oh, you know, they, the waiter comes over and says, what would you like? I'm going to have a hamburger. Oh, really? Okay. We have this great steak that's going on right now. I mean, it is phenomenal. It's seared. It's, oh my God, it, I, I just, it just drips in your mouth. Would you like that instead? Oh yeah. That's called an upsell. Meaning I came in for a burger, but there's a steak that just sounds really incredible. I, I want that instead. Mm -hmm. uh, a cross sell is, you know, do you want, it's something that goes along with it. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like an additional sale. Kind of, do you want fries with that? You know, that, that's selling something else that goes in conjunction with, with what you're already buying. Right. And exactly. the funny thing, Tom, is it said that 30% of people that are asked if they want something else will buy. Yep. So if you're not asking business owners, if you're not asking, if your sales team is not asking your current clients, if there's something else that you can give them or get them, you're leaving 30% on the table. Yeah. Yeah. Such a huge, huge point. So critical. And you think for all of you out there who are always talking about the fact that I need more leads, I need more leads. Think about all the work that goes into finding new leads, nurturing them, doing all the prospecting, staying in touch, getting them to the first transaction. It's hard. It's expensive. The stats are, you, you probably have stats at your fingertips on this, Rob, but, but there are some I've heard that say it's, it's five to 10 times more expensive to, to extract a dollar from a new customer, find him, find her, nurture them, so forth, five to 10 times more expensive than to get that dollar through upsell or cross-sell with an existing client or customer. And there's there's plenty of things that a lot of business owners don't consider. And we could go, I, I could have there's so many different strategies that I could go through right now. Joint ventures is one that mm -hmm. you know that that's incredibly successful. If you don't have a joint venture, look into what that is and, and get some of those going. Uh, there's just so much, but what you said is actually true. It's so much easier to sell more to the current base that you have. And there's also one other thing that you can do with the current base that you have. Set up a referral program. There it is. Yep. yep. I mean, th these are all, and it's so funny because uh, of the book that I wrote, basically it, a lot of the things that I have in there, people come back and say, I knew this, I knew this. And I'm like, great. Now apply it. They're like, oh, and it's like, and I have a theme throughout the book. And I think this will really register with your, your viewers. Everything that I talk about, it's not rocket science. It's all common sense. But when common sense becomes common practice, that's when you find success. Would you repeat that? I love that line. When common sense becomes common practice, that's when you find success. There it is. Yeah. And and I, I've had the same thing when, when I am working with my clients, talking to prospects. Some of them will say, um, oh, oh, yeah, I knew that. Or, oh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's obvious, you know. And uh, I actually had a prospect say, thanks a lot, Captain Obvious, sarcastically. <laughs> and, I, and I shot right back. I said, well, are you doing it? And yeah. Ooh. No. And, uh, you know, so that's the point that you're making that, that, um, uh, this isn't rocket science no, and, no. and perhaps some of these things are things that you've had that you've heard before, but the question becomes, why aren't you putting them in place? And part of the reason is that perhaps you're trying to do it all yourself. You're flying alone. Perhaps you haven't implemented the right process because, 
some of these things are easier said than done, especially if you don't have systems and process to put them in place. And that's so true. I mean, I'm Lean Sigma certified, so I'm all about the processes. And mm-hmm. it's it's simple things that they put in place. And it, it's so funny, too, because, again, it's, it's common sense stuff. And, you know, when, once they're in place, the business owners are usually like, why didn't I do this three years ago? It wasn't that hard to implement. And now, guess what? I'm not manually doing all these things. We have a yeah. process that automates a lot of it and our business functions a lot better. I mean, you know, the first thing I look at is what money are you leaving on the table? This, you know, second thing I look at is basically what are, are your expenses? Are you overpaying for expenses? And the third thing is what are the processes you have in place and what are processes you, you need to optimize to make your business run more efficiently? Right. Yeah. The There it is. That's, that's uh, just critical and so, so, so clear. So, Rob, I'm going to change direction for a moment. You and I both have journalism in our uh, <laughs> in our past. Um, both been uh, print journalists. Uh, I worked for various newspapers, and you did as well. And then you spent some time uh, heading up the L.A. Bureau, L.A. office of the satirical newspaper and book publisher, The Onion, which mm-hmm. uh, was long a favorite of mine. And uh, I guess the, the the question I have for you is generally, how has journalism instructed your work? And and in particular, how, how did working at a place like The Onion, a satirical newspaper, instruct your work as a business person and a sales uh, manager? Well, the funny thing about that, and that, that's what a lot of people think, and The Onion, it just made complete sense. Oh, gonna, a long, long time ago, I used to do stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I even got paid to go on stage, $25 a night. Woo-hoo! <laughs> uh, but so when The Onion came into town and I had a huge print background, it was just like a natural fit. Uh, I said, I'll, 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 I'll run it for you for a while. And then, um, but the one thing that I, I learned is you still, you have the same processes. It doesn't matter what type of product it is yes you might have to tweak it a little bit but the pro- the one reason why I'm, unfortunately all the print versions of the onion are no longer in existence is because they had something in mind of the way they thought things should be done and i came from a newspaper background said it doesn't work that way especially not right. in los angeles you do not grow organically in los angeles it does not happen will not happen right. unfortunately a year after i stopped working for them they shut the print publication down but yep. When I started with it, it was such a fun group. And and the people that worked at The Onion were great people. The people that you know owned it, uh, Mr. Schaefer was a great guy. I actually worked a little bit with his son uh, he was, when he was first in LA, which it, w- it, was, a, it was a fun experience uh, all the way around. But it, it, it taught me a valuable lesson when they had to shut the paper down. It's like, if you, I, I know you want to make it all fun. One of the things I told them is we need to, because we have some, we, and a lot of people don't un, didn't understand this. At The Onion, I had some of the best entertainment writers that existed on the face of this mm-hmm. earth. And I worked with Robert Wolanski, who was incredible. Uh, but but Liam, oh God, what was Liam's last name? But he was he was one of those guys where you, you sit there and say, oh, what your favorite band was. Like, oh, yeah, the bass player got seized in elementary school. Like, he, he was that type of guy who knew just, and you're like, oh, my God, how do you know this? Yeah. Uh, and we had some of the best entertainment writers. The problem with it, especially in LA, is people would read the first 10 pages and just think they were just all comedy. And then they'd toss it aside. And I was like, we need to promote the back of the book in the front of the book. And they, they had no, wanted no part of it. Yeah. And I knew the, the cross promotion 
that you do in newspapers, you know, you, you're coming from that back background is critical because you want to, you want your readers to know the different parts of your paper. And if you're not promoting them yourselves, you're going to lose your audience. Yeah. And, and, and this thing has come full circle because what you're describing is that they were dishing out product. They were building the back of the publication with the entertaining, the entertainment content. And they weren't asking who's going to read this and why, or if they were, they weren't then marketing um, in response to those questions being properly answered. So, you know, these principles apply whether you're running a newspaper or whether you're running a a software as a service company. So uh, describe a little bit of your journey. How did you get from the publishing world into the business of sales, sales coaching, business coaching, and so forth? Well, again, I got to the top of my profession before I was 40. I was publisher of The Onion and the Family Magazine Group. And I was like, well, well, this is where you're supposed to be happy. This is what you want. And I wasn't. And I was Mm -hmm. like, what really made me happy throughout my career? And I realized this. I enjoy making other businesses and people more successful. Mm -hmm. So I became a fractional or outsourced VP of sales for over a decade and helping you know one or two companies grow. And then over the last few years, people kept coming up and saying, do you do coaching? I'm like, no, I'm not a coach. No, no. And then finally, three people in one week, I walked up and said, do you do coaching? I'm like, maybe I should look into this coaching platform. (laughs) And I realized that by not offering coaching, I was underserving the community that I have because I only had one or two ways, price points that they could come at. So now I do it as a, I will coach you and tell you how to do it. And you do the work yourself, or you can bring me in as a fractional VP and I will do the work with you. Yeah. Yeah. And and tell us about some of the... in your bio, we mentioned some of the industries you're working with, but mm-hmm. um, tell us more about who you're working with, who the ideal client is for you. Uh, I'd really like to break more into manufacturing because I did help a couple of manufacturing companies. And the thing I love about them is they're so passionate about what the product that they have, or the yeah. what they, that, but they might not always have the business background. So I love working with them. Uh, I love working with good SaaS companies that, again, know who their customer is and why they should buy from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, I've worked in across most industries, the things I stay away from are hospitality and retail, uh, just because there's so much churn within those industries. If I came in and set things up, the person I trained three months later is gone. It, 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 it just doesn't pay off. It doesn't work out that way. There's churn and there's so, so much outside your control. Yeah. 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 So Rob, uh, anything else you can share with us before I ask you to share some of the ways people can get in touch with you? Just, I just really want that the, the, my saying to really, really take root. It, it, when common sense becomes common practice, that's when you find success. You might be going through challenging times right now. And we, we just came out of one of the most challenging times of a lot of people's lives. But we will get through this and we will move on. And we, if you're looking to grow your business to that next level, who do you need to get involved with? You don't need to do it yourself. How can somebody else help you? How do you bring them in? You know, the most people that you can talk to will, will have a free conversation with you. So don't right. be afraid to reach out and ask for help because there is help around you. You just have to open your eyes to see it. Amen. Yeah. Thank you for that. Where can people find you, Rob? The book, the website, uh, where can people connect with you? Probably the easiest way is on LinkedIn. And all of yeah. you go Rob Bedell on LinkedIn, I pop up uh, and you can connect with me there. Uh, you can always email me at Rob at info, the number four, yourbusiness.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or if you're a phone person, my phone number is 424-272-1921.
and and I know Rob, he's not the kind of guy to give out a phone number and then uh, uh, not return a phone call. So yeah. um, Rob Bedell, B-E-D-D-E-L-L. One, one Look, D. B, B-E-D, kind of, kind of like bed, the thing you lie in, E-L-L. Yep. I messed that up. <laughs> Let's do that again. Rob, B-E-1-D-E-L-L on LinkedIn. And then repeat that phone number and that email, Rob. Uh, 424-272-1921. And Rob at info, the number four, yourbusiness.com. Terrific. Any parting thoughts? Just, uh, again, we're going to be getting through this. uh, and We can do this and become a stronger world if we do it together. Amen. Rob, thanks so much. I knew this would be fun. I really value your insight. I'm glad we're getting to know each other and uh, our paths will cross again. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich. If you liked what you heard today, visit storypowermarketing.com slash resources, where you can sign up for Tom's entertaining, informative, must-read emails, download free business-building resources, and discover other opportunities to help you harness the power of storytelling. That's storypowermarketing.com slash resources to help you captivate prospects, inspire them to act, and grow your business with greater ease and joy. Also, please remember to subscribe to the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich and review it on iTunes or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Sometimes I find outside my window